It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk. Today is Thursday, June 29th, and as always, I am joined by my good friend from Rocky Top, Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee. Good afternoon, buddy. Good afternoon, Paul. Hope you're doing well. Summer months are here. Uh, we're approaching the um, July 4th holiday, which for all of us in college sports is a significant holiday because we understand that once July 4th comes and goes, the next holiday, we're playing football. So the countdown to kick off <laughs> it is, is it is absolutely a red I mean it's a green flag go that that July 4th everyone goes away knowing like you said we come back it is absolute insanity until we kick off in our world the the urgency of conversations I'm always amazed every year how that urgency goes up it escalates when we come back off July 4th cuz marketers start thinking if I'm going to get this done I got to get it done now in time for the season so That's right. uh, it's a fun time of year it is a fun time of year and playing off those kind of good times that we're all going to enjoy over the next week and a half while we do take our last little break. We're going to talk about uh, how a nonprofit can utilize sports sponsorships to promote their message. So joining us today from the volunteer state as well is Billy Jarvis from Donate Life Tennessee. Welcome to Knox Talk, Billy, and tell us a little bit about your organization. Well, Tennessee Donor Service to Donate Life Tennessee is actually the statewide organ procurement office that uh, here in Tennessee, and we pretty much do everything that uh, organ donation entails from the recovery of the transplant to the preservation and getting it to those uh, thousands of people that are waiting for a life-saving organ. That's amazing. And, and uh, Brandon has told me that you are, uh, you're not only uh, in the organization, you're also an incredible recipient. I was. I was actually uh, at the University of Tennessee uh, uh, my college years, and my family had a genetic kind of uh, any disease, and it hit me at the age of uh, 19. And unfortunately, uh, I never thought that would happen that young, but it did. Uh, I had a transplant at uh, 21, uh, went back to school, finished school at UT, became a high school teacher and coach, and uh, did that for several years. And um, the opportunity for to work for this organization came along, and uh, my wife, who was a uh, transplant nurse, uh, we kind of moved to Knoxville from Chattanooga. And for the last almost 24 years, you know, I've dedicated my life to helping others just as myself. It's amazing. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about uh, when, when you two kind of talk through the relationship yeah. that, uh, that that he has with uh, the University of Tennessee from a sports sponsorship perspective. And then we'll dive in. Yeah. Um, so Billy mentioned 24, 24 years, Billy, uh, you've yeah. been at Delta Life. Yeah. Uh, we met in the early 2000s, um, so we, we have known each other for about 20 years now. And um, what I think is fascinating about this conversation is that while we do so many things in collegiate sports marketing that's corporate driven, um, when Billy and I met, we started talking about ways where we could potentially help a nonprofit and raise awareness. And um, we're the volunteer state. Uh, we're, we're the state <laughs> institution. And so when you think about volunteering for life, uh, that became a very early theme for us uh, to use. And, and so um, it really started around Billy's passion uh, for the organization and the willingness to want to raise awareness for organ donation. Um, and 
and so out of that conversation really 20 years ago um we we did some things early on and at a, at a small level um that that uh hopefully built some awareness across the state of tennessee and then the relationships continue to evolve and develop over the years um and and it really it all starts with billy's passion for the message and it's hard not to meet with him and and not want to find a way to help and and it's it's really a good message for us to have when you think about all of the other messages that we're that we're pushing out there and the products that we're trying to sell and so forth and and i think uh, the university of tennessee and specifically our athletics department um, felt a need because of the platform that we had to, to give back and, and to try to help certainly with, with Donate Life Tennessee. Um, Billy, I, I do want to, I want you to touch on one thing from the personal perspective. Your family as a whole is a unique story around Donate Life. Would you, would you be willing just to share that briefly? Of course. Yeah. Our founder, uh, Dr. Keith Johnson is, um, was the, actually the very first transplant nephrologist at, at Vanderbilt and was my my family's doctor. I met Dr. Johnson when I was probably four years old. So he kind of grew up um, in that whole kind of world. And, um, you know, after many of my family, my mom and her sisters and brothers all passed away at an early age, um, you know, it was just a great chance for me to kind of keep their memory alive and honor them and, and just be a part of something that I grew up with. So, Billy, in your family, how many transplants procedures are your my, family doctor? Yeah, mine, I get Brandon, as you know, uh, with, when COVID hit, unfortunately, that was a scary time for transplant recipients because they were just one of the people that were at risk. And um, I got it last January for the second time, and I lost my transplant after 31 years. And uh, 24 days, I will have my uh, second one. And it will be number 15 in our family we've had. First one happened in 1969. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. So, Brandon, so, you, you shared with me, um, I mean, we're talking about some of the execution that you guys did to kind of tell the message to the Tennessee fan base. And you shared with me some videos that, uh, that your players uh, have been involved in, which were absolutely incredible. When you, diving into that, which was a great use of, uh, I guess, of NIL, um, so we'll kind of merge those two topics here. Brandon, when you got those players to do those amazing videos for Billy and his organization, was that something that you went to them and said, we'd like you to do this at a discount, or did they volunteer their time completely when they executed those relationships? Um, so Josiah Jordan James from our basketball team actually donated his time. And okay. one of the things that I think is important about how nonprofits work in the collegiate sports marketing space, if you have the ability within your institution to have an organic story to tell, I think that it makes this platform far more effective. So the uniqueness or what is organic about what we're doing now with Billy uh, Tom Sokoviak, who is the sports information director for the Tennessee basketball team, Tom received a life-saving liver transplant um, several years ago. And the team and Coach Barnes really adopted his story. And Coach Barnes actually challenged Tom and basically said, hey, someone saved your life. How are you going to pay that forward? and how can we help you try to save others' lives? And so Josiah Jordan James, um, who was close to Tom, wanted to be involved and do something to try to help give back in support of Tom. And that, that's really how 
uh, Josiah was was able to get involved with with our Donate Life campaign. Um, and so I will tell you over the years and Donate Life is is sort of a separate story to this. There have been times when we've done things with nonprofits where it's more of a forced message that we don't have an organic story to tell where something has impacted our athletics department or impacted a student athlete or impacted a coach. And we tell those stories, but I don't think they're nearly as impactful as when you have a true organic story within your organization that that you can then tap into. Uh, Billy, would you agree with that? I, I feel like early on, Billy, we we didn't have that organic story. And so a lot of our, our marketing that we did was very um, outbound in nature, just trying to raise awareness. But when we had an internal story to tell, to me, it changed our, our, our strategy and our and our I think our effectiveness has gone up. It, it really changed everything. It ramped it up from we were just hitting the masses to now we have a personal story within the, the department and athletic department. And certainly a lot of those basketball athletes were touched by Tom because they were so close. And they were actually got to see firsthand how someone like Tom could go from, Hey, I'm dying to, Hey, I'm back to work, living my best life. And, and Josiah's, even Josiah's family uh, after that first year campaign came up just and said how much it meant for him to be part of something, you know, that big and, you know, and life changing. And I think Brandon, we signed up over 400 donors that first night uh, that decided to be donors after the basketball game that signed up that day that saw Tom's story, which we'd never had done that before. So uh, it was, it definitely took our, uh, campaign and our relationship even to a different level. Hey, and, and Billy, I, I want to touch on this because I, I think it's important, uh, certainly for, for our collegiate sports marketing listeners that are out there. When there's a fair amount of things that you guys do across the state that are more public service announcements and where you're asking traditional local media to help run promotional spots to build that awareness. Our situation in college sports marketing is somewhat unique in the, in the financial way that it's set up, that we have to have revenue against the inventory that we're promoting. So I think sometimes people think, well, how could I create sponsorship for nonprofits? Because it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for a nonprofit to have a budget to be able to put up against this. Can you talk about from your organization's perspective, um, we, you all have always been a paid sponsor with us and you, you have invested with us and that's not traditional. Can you talk about how Donate Life financially from a business standpoint, how you go about the budgeting process, how you go about the marketing process, and then the decision making ultimately to say, yes, I'm going to invest in the University of Tennessee? Well, yeah, the organ procurement organizations are kind of set up differently a little bit and a lot of people even in the hospitals when i worked there asked the questions how how we're funded we're based basically under the umbrella of the department of health and human services and um we are funded by every organ recovery we do by medicare and private insurance from like if we recover a heart there's an allocation fee set by the federal government for that recovery of heart same thing with liver, kidneys, pancreas, the whole nine yards. So at the end of the year, we have a designated amount of our budget we can designate to um, 
marketing and education, not only in the community, but in the hospitals and things of that nature. So we have to use that money every year or we lose it. We are unique that we have funds to use for education in not only the public, but is uh, in the um, hospitals and professional education as well. So also too, we're lucky enough, um, they have a county clerk foundation where if you go to, you know, get your tags, you can donate a dollar and those funds go back to education as well. And we can use that in the community as well. So Billy, do you, I, I, obviously you made a decision to spend money with the University of Tennessee. We're going to circle back to that in a second, but I'm curious with, with that budget, do you have any other sports entities that you guys choose to spend money um, with in this way? We have, we've done, we've had a relationship with the Smokies for years. Um, Brian Cox, who you may know, was the general manager for the Smokies for years. His son, Brady, uh, had a heart transplant at three years old. Uh, and Brady's now in his 20s. So we've done some stuff with them over the years. Uh, we've done a few things with Vanderbilt, um, you know, even joint projects like the basketball game a couple years ago. So when I came as a former coach and athlete myself, most men have a hesitancy to sign up to be donors. Women sign their husbands up. Most men don't sign up at the registry. So um, when I came on board, I'm like, hey, we need to get the word out to men, not only about health and health issues, but, you know, about awareness for donation and getting men to sign up. So what was the best way to do that, you know, than sports advertising? You had that game that you that he just mentioned, that game that you co-sponsored uh, or you did with the Vanderbilt. Um, that was fascinating. And he just said at the end of that period that he had 400 people sign up. So, Brandon, circle a little bit on that inventory that was in that amazing night. And and then, Billy, when he's done talking about that inventory and you talk about the 400 donors, can we put uh, – is there a – I know you said there's a number, but, uh, I mean, when you look at the value back, it's got to be something amazing. So, Brandon, take take uh, take us through that night. Yeah. So first of all, we, we targeted the Vanderbilt game because in reality, the message of Donate Life, we're trying to reach all 95 counties in the state. So if we can get two fan bases circled up within the state, that's their that's Donate Life's target market. So we created a challenge for the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. And in advance of that game, fans would go online and vote for their team, whether it be Tennessee or Vanderbilt. Um, and, and then we designated that Tennessee Vanderbilt basketball game as Donate Life Night at Tennessee. And so there was a significant amount of pre-event marketing that we did on statewide radio uh, and digitally to promote Donate Life Night at Tennessee basketball. Uh, and, and Billy actually came on our coach's call-in show uh, a few nights before the game uh, did an interview. Actually, it was an interactive interview because Coach Barnes was there and, and we had Coach Barnes engaged in talking about Tom Sokoviak's story. Um, and so so there was a significant amount of pre-event marketing to build awareness for Donate Life Night. And then when we came to that night, um, Donate Life had a activation in our concourse and that's where those 400 um volunteers stepped up and and became organ donors but then throughout the game uh, they had venue signage uh, we ran a special uh, spot on the video board which which featured Josiah Jordan James it had a call to action to it and then to help promote it and drive organ uh, donor signups uh, part of the program included a meet and greet with Coach Barnes for anyone that signed up after the game on the floor. And so we took a photo 
uh, that night of all of those new signups. Um, and so um, what to me, what was really effective was the video board messaging that we could do with Josiah that tied back to Tom and it created that organic moment, uh, which which obviously pulled at the heartstrings. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. So you so, Billy, you had 400 people um, when your organization looks at you and says, hey, justify this spend. Did that right there? That just did it? Oh, it does. It, you know, that not only this the assignments, but the thousands and thousands of people that went to the web page and looked at our information. And they may have signed up even at a later date. But uh, and then Brandon, you know, failed to mention, too, not only did UT provide that, we also had, I think, 100 uh, free tickets offered that were um all to recipients and donor families. And when you see those, um, lots of times, that was the first time a recipient got to meet a donor family. They never met theirs, but there was donor families at the game. And seeing those relationships and where they met each other and the hugs and the tears, and um, that goes beyond, you know, just the dollars we spent and even the signups we had. That uh, That's why we do what we do. You know, when those two families get to see each other, whether it was their recipient or not, um, it's a relationship like no other because those individuals that are saved um, get a chance to to see eyes on those families on their worst day that gave the, the gift of life. And, and that's an incredible thing to be a part of that night. I think we had a little over 100 that night. That's amazing. Did this Was this reciprocal? Did this happen at Vanderbilt too, or was it just an event at Tennessee? Just at UT. Okay. Billy, generally speaking, um, this this has obviously been something that's been effective and that has worked for you guys for 20 plus years now. And, and we continue to, to build momentum around it for for our marketers that are listening and then potentially for nonprofits that are listening. Um, can you talk about just from an effectiveness standpoint, what the overall relationship between Donate Life and UT Athletics has meant? And, and why it does make sense to be involved in college athletics, you as a state institution. Of course, we 20 years ago just thought out of the box, right? Nobody had ever really done it. Um, it was something we were, uh, we, we had relationships that started with not only you and, and Steve Early and Coach Fulmer, really the first one to start it. Um, but it was an opportunity for us to not only reach some of the counties that I work in every day, but sometimes it's hard for us to reach some of the rural counties and the people that may listen to Vol you know, network radio that we can't touch and they hear those stories. And I know in our first couple of years, we did some radio spots with recipients that did a radio spot on, on Vol calls. And they talked about having a life-saving organ and we would have phone calls and, you know, at our office back then that said, hey, I heard the the phone call about the young man that received a heart transplant. He was five years old. And I, I never thought about being a donor, but now I have. So <clears throat> those are the things that started out with and it, it, it became bigger and larger relationships got better and we became not only um, colleagues, but family. And yeah that's that's changed uh and i hope it continues long after brandon you and i are gone and we can you know and they can continue to do this because it's been um something i know a lot of people probably don't think about you know i go to national meetings and, and i've been doing this as long as anybody have and um uh, they're like how did you get this how do you get this to happen how do you get Josiah jordan james to 
to do a video? How do you get Coach Barnes to do what he does? And uh, <clears throat> I think it's been a unique thing, and it's been a win-win for both uh, both of us, I really think. Yeah, and I, Paul, I, I'll, I'll pile on this and just say, I think for, for, for anyone at, at properties across the country, I think there, there are opportunities in the nonprofit sector uh, where where one, we can carry the torch and present a message, but you, you can also move your business forward from a sponsorship standpoint. Um, and and it's, it's a category probably that we don't think about or talk about enough, but certainly where, where we have specific organic type stories that exist at all of our athletics department and institutions across the country. Um, you know, if, if, if I were at another school and we had another story and it was organic in nature, um, I would be thinking about, okay, whom in, in this market, what nonprofit does this impact the most? Is there an opportunity for us to create a relationship, one, and do some great work, but then also move our business forward? Um, and, and Donate Life has been a good example for us of, of one that, 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 that has been a terrific sponsor on the business side of things, but then we've also been able to, to do some great work in the state and, and hopefully save some lives. So yeah, generally speaking, I think it's an untapped category that we should consider and think about long-term as an industry uh, for all of the reasons that I just mentioned. I, I love it. I mean, Brandon, it's, uh, you know, sometimes it, you, you feel crass when you go to buy it in both ways, but it's really the right answer. You said, this is a relationship that is absolutely a win-win. You just outlined it. You're moving your business forward. You're making some money. It's not a donation. Um, but at the end of the day, you are helping an organization accomplish their goals because of the tools that are in your toolbox. And so that's really the win because so many times, but I think what, what going back to the original message is that it's a struggle if you're kind of forced something that doesn't fit, but right. there are, or there are stories to be told in every organization around the country. And if you can marry that story with something where you can move the business forward, uh, my goodness, the exposure that a college sponsorship can deliver can really pay a, pay a premium for both parties. And it really will be a win-win. So that's awesome. All right. Um, well, that's it for us, I think, this week for Knox Talk. We appreciate all of our listeners for downloading us. We will see you again in a couple weeks. In those two weeks, Brandon and I are going to be relaxing, and then we're going to be not relaxing because our worlds are going to be crashing, and we only have two months to get everything done. So on behalf of uh, wonderful Brandon Parks, and thank you, Billy, for joining us today. I'm Paul Sickman with Knox Sports. See you next time.